we did survive for week two. That's good, right? I mean, I know it's tough to get excited in a a lower stakes pool early on, but listen, we haven't had to buy back. There's only a couple more weeks of buyback, so we're now getting into um, you know where the money in the pool starts to build up as people get eliminated. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to envision. How come you don't get excited till like week six or seven? What's the reason? Well, I mean, if it were like the circuit contest maybe or if i was in like you know my home league pool's got like 23 people and like six of them are dead and i'm like oh okay that 2300 bucks is now there's only 17 of us i start to get excited but this is like still winning the lottery alan we're still in the lottery thing it's like oh i bought a lottery ticket you know those people are excited to watch the lottery like oh I, i bought a ticket you know i could win the 200 million it's like yeah and you could also get struck by lightning on the way home. Even it's not raining, <laughs> but it's not raining. But it could rain, and then you could get struck by lightning, and then you'd have like twice as likely of a chance to die as you would have winning the lottery. So that's why I don't get excited, but it's cool. Look, I, I've got 10 picks a week in that uh, offshore contest I do, plus yours, plus my home pool. That's 12 picks a week. I've lost zero through two weeks. 12 picks a week, and I, I've, I've chosen three teams. I had the Giants in one of them last week. I had the Bills in three. I had the... Cowboys in seven. I, I trust you saw my article of why I switched off the Bills to the Cowboys. Yep. Turned out it really didn't matter. That was kind of a pointless debate. They were both easy winners. Yeah. All right. So right off the bat here, week three, um, who do you think just, you know, we'll, we'll get into like what we're doing in a moment, but just run it down. Who are the top four or five uh, teams that are in play for most teams this week in week three Survivor? Yeah, so I'm looking at the office football pools. There's four teams that are in double digits, right? And those are the four big favorites. And it's the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Niners, and the Cowboys. By, by the way, you're you're very dark. What's going on here? You know what's weird is it was the <laughs> the light outside, just like the shade, it like started to rain or something yeah. outside. You look so, like you're being questioned. Like they brought you in, they asking about. I can turn on the overhead light if you want, but I like I kind of like this. You don't okay, like, you know this you is nice. Like, this okay. is right. This yeah, is like you know interrogation cell. But this is That's fine. Good. We'll get you right. We'll get hey, you right. I've been in a prison cell for a long time in my mind. So here have you go. ever been arrested before? Never. Yeah, they never neither. caught me yet. Never been caught. Uh, because well, you know, some people at least were pulled over when they were, ki- you know, young. I've been from- pulled over. I've been pulled over. Yeah. Um, I've been pulled over a couple times. I had to like count backwards and okay. put my, you know, stand with your layup. But I, I passed the test. Yeah. No, I've never been arrested. I one time. And again, we'll get back to this. But one time, I was when I was a kid. We we took a, like a stop sign, which you know now is like one of the. It, you could be like charged with like manslaughter if something happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. horrible. Yeah. So we took a stop sign and we got arrested. I've never cuffed, and the cop had right when he was about to cuff us and put us in the car. He had to leave on like a more important call, and he goes, "You know, you kids little did don't. he know he thought it was a more important call. He should have put you away for a long time." Yeah, no. If anyone never seal a stop sign, because if anyone dies at that intersection, like you could be charged with murder. You know, yeah, uh, murder, manslaughter, yeah. or or it, yeah, reckless like, endangerment or something. You're going to jail. Put it that way. You're going to jail. So Just don't prison do time. Yeah. All right. Top five teams in Survivor. Yeah, so there's really four, right? There's the Chiefs, Jaguars, Niners, and Cowboys. Those are the big four. They're all in double digits. And this is another week where the highest-owned team is the Chiefs at 23.4%. There is just no consideration of pot odds. You are literally just survive and move on. That's it. That's the only thing you're thinking about. That's who I had marked as our primary team. That's who my placeholder was, the Chiefs. Chiefs? Yeah. Well, I, I get it. But I have a little, I like that they're one and one, you know, like they don't want to go one and two losing to the Bears. That's a real disaster. But I don't like that the Bears are so maligned that Justin Fields has been so um, ridiculed this week for his bad play. And he said in the interview, I don't know if you heard the interview, Mm -hmm. he said, 
he kind of blamed the coaches, which are, is probably partly them and partly him, that he's overthinking everything. He's got all the different, you know, coaching, you know, schemes in his head, and he just can't, like, just play with instinct. And he's like, next week I'm playing with instinct. You remember, we got knocked out last year with the Bears and Justin Fields. We had the Pats. They were playing well, and Justin Fields just went bananas on them, just playing on instinct, making insane runs. And the Chiefs defense, you know, it, it played it's good. well last The week. Chiefs defense is good. It's, it played well last week, let's say. Well, Chris Jones is back. Well, that's, and... that's a huge piece. Yeah. But, again, they played well last week. But they haven't, they've had Chris Jones for five years, you know, and, and they haven't been that good as a, as a defense over that span. So I could see that, you know, being kind of an upset pick, like a big upset pick. Um, but, you know, Kelsey doesn't look like he's totally himself yet. Um, so – but, okay, but I, I'm fine with it. I'm not against taking the Chiefs. No, by the way, when I put a placeholder in for our pick of the Chiefs, it's not because, like, oh, this is my – this is, like, just in case I forget, I just want to have something in there. Like, that's right. what I did yeah. here. So Yeah, just so you don't, like, leave it blank yeah. and then we take a loss. Yeah, my wife has a uh, an entry in this pool, too. She'd put Jaguars there. So would you consider them, like, the second team? They're the second most used team at 21.4. Yeah, I mean – Again, I like that they're coming off that loss and that they're probably, you know, they kind of have to, they can't just like be lackadaisical about this. They're not going to take this game lightly after that sort of embarrassing loss. So, um, yeah. All right. So if you don't, if you, the Chiefs are okay to take because the pot odds don't play into it. It's like 20, you said 28%, 25%, 23.4, 23%. So you're not worried about that. Why do you think they're so low owned? I would think that they would be like 35, 40%. I think people save teams, and the Chiefs are obviously Super Bowl champs. Patrick Mahomes, I, I think they crushed the Jaguars on the road. Like, I think people are like, this might be the best team in the NFL still, and we don't want to use them up because there's other good choices. And there's buyback in our specific pool too, so people are going to use. So what, what do you think would be the buyback options for some of the teams? Like the teams that probably will win, but you don't really want to use later. If anyone is in a buyback pool, what do you? who are some of the teams that you might – yeah, like Seattle, Seattle could be one, you know, um, I, I like, again, you know, you're doubling your, you're, you're having your odds basically by, you, you know, by having to buy back. But if you want to just say, screw it, we'll save the team. Seattle is pretty good. I mean, I think the Panthers could beat them, but at home, um, they're not, you know, again, it's not terrible. They're only six point favorites, but um, I wouldn't use the bills. I think that line is too big. I, What's I think that line? Dol- it's uh, it's six and a half. I think it should be more like three. I don't think the Bills should be laying six and a half in Washington. I think this seems like a, a big line. But um, but yeah. So I mean, obviously you can use the Cowboys, but that's also a, a team you would typically save. How about the with- Niners? Ten and a half over your Giants. Well, tonight. I don't think the Niners. I mean, I think the Niners are a team you would save also. So I don't think like. I don't think you're like using them up to use them up. I think you're using them if you think they're the best team, which I, I kind of think they might be because no Barkley, short week. And I hate teams that went into an epic game the week before. Like it was such an epic win for the Giants and so much of your emotion and energy is in that game. Whereas if you get blown out or you blow somebody out, it's like, okay, you just kind of flush that and move on. So, but at the same time, the Giants are a little dangerous. You know, even without Saquon, you know, Dimes, that offense – they're just a little bit dangerous. Their defense looked really bad. Is do you think, the, is the, do you think Matt Breda can have any fantasy viability tonight? I picked him up in one league because I, I, I put a token bid and I was the one out of four I got him, not even the one I needed him. But, I mean, he's going to get some opportunities. We don't even know, right? Like, Brightwell may get half. We don't even know. 
And assuming Breida gets two thirds, you're talking about hard to sustain drives against that defense. Is Andrew Thomas playing? I got to look up Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Also, this is a uh, revenge game for Matt Brady against his old team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll probably get three <laughs> touchdowns. So, what do you think about this theory? By the way, I haven't heard it floated too much in the in in the fantasy world. Uh, in the preseason, they were talking a little bit about getting Paris Campbell some running back touches, a la Debo Samuel. Do you think he could have like four or five running back touches this tonight? I mean, Paris Campbell weighs like two hundred ten pounds and runs a four three one. He's a sick athlete, but. Paris Campbell breaks playing wide receiver. And the last thing you want to do is put that dude at a running back position. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's not important, so they have nothing to lose if he's right. Out for like the end year. around stuff. I mean, you know, things. I, like would, that. I would jet sweep with him. I think that'd be great. To, to, I think Dable has that in him in Kafka. Like they will call good plays. Like they can get the Niners' defense off balance. But the Niners' defense is really good, and Andrew Thomas is not playing. I just looked it up. He's out. So the Giants have a bad offensive line, and they're missing their best their Pro Bowl offensive lineman. So they're maybe the 32nd best offensive line. They may, they may be a top 31 offensive line possibly. Yeah. And they're, they're in San Francisco on a short week and they're without their running back. So I mean, should we take is, San Fran tonight then? Do you think is our survivor? I can't, I can't go against the Giants. I mean, I just can't. Oh, come it. on. I mean, you can do it. You can take it and it'll be your choice, but I, I just can't constitutionally do that. I mean, you, well, you still like, I know you love your team, dude, but this is money involved here. Dude, I, well, I have bets on the Giants too, but the point is that I can't root against the Giants and I have to root against the Giants. I think I think the Niners, I'll probably take the Niners to cover, to be honest, because I think the Niners are going to blow them out, probably. Probably. Well, isn't that the same thing as taking them to cover as taking them in well, Survivor? No, Survi- Survivor's different because, first of all, a cover is no big deal if you're wrong, right? You take them to cover and you're wrong and the Giants cover. It's not like, a, I'm not like, oh shit, they covered. But if I take them in uh, Survivor and the, and the Giants you know, get blown out. It's just kind of depressing, you know? So, well, no, it's uh, hedging uh, your happiness yeah, because if they lose, it, then at least you advance guaranteeing some misery. Either the giants lose or the Niners and your survivor uh, loses, but it's a survivor. buyback. So you can, there's your happiness. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take him, you can take him. I won't, well, you I just, won't stop it. You I, just scared I, me when you said that we lost with the bears last year. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, things don't happen like that two years in a row necessarily. I like about all these teams, the chiefs and Jaguars, they're both one. They're both got one loss. So I feel like there's no overlooking the opponent here because like they can't go one and two. I mean, they, you have to take care of these opponents early in the year. The chiefs already lost one against Detroit, which is a bad loss for them. You know, in their, in their opening game, they really can't lose to the bears. I mean, they can, but I mean, it's really, really sloppy. So I want to get it over with. Let's just take the Niners tonight. I I feel strongly about this. All right. I I think the Niners are a good pick. I just I just don't want to do it. You You couldn't say it. You couldn't be your idea. It's not on me. It's on you. You want to take them, you take them. Right. Yeah. It, couldn't, it couldn't be your idea, right, to put it forward. I'm not responsible. It's kind of like, you know, when, uh, you know, we once took LSD on a Tuesday in college. <laughs> I said, I said, I way rather somebody just dosed me. So it's not like I can't feel bad about myself and say, I shouldn't have done this on a Tuesday. I'm a degenerate. If somebody did it to me, I'd be like, you can't do this to me. It's Tuesday night, you know. But then I would be like, well, I may as well enjoy it because it's not my fault. So that's oh, what I am. You're you dosing just- me. You're dosing me. I thought I've had those situations, not with specific with LSD, but with other, you know, substance like happen. Like, all right, since I'm already, you know, since I'm already, uh, you know, intoxicated on a Tuesday night, might as well just make it a three nighter. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I wasn't that kind of, I am not that kind of a degenerate, Alan. That but happened point- to me. Oh, my God. I thought, uh, you know, my younger days, I thought I was, uh, you know, you, you mess around with certain substances, but sure. I thought it was a, you know, a, a substance that goes for one night. 
it was one of those substances that ends up going for a three-nighter. Crystal this, meth. Crystal yeah. meth, never a good idea. It was um, very bad. <laughs> it was very, very, well, very good, no, just, very bad. No, and by the way, that yeah, that that ends that that policy I have of go ahead and dose me because then I'm not responsible. That is no longer my policy. So please don't if you see me uh, dose me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So to be clear, we are taking the 49ers in our survivor pool. There is a buyback. Um, we are. I, I don't trust Kansas City now based on the uh, narrative that Justin Fields won. He beat us last year, but not so much important that this it, Justin Fields is reaching a breaking point where people like even in my dynasty leagues are selling them cheap and in super flex. Like I was able to get Justin Fields in a super flex dynasty league this week for uh, like Jacoby Myers, Mike Evans, and uh, who's the, I can't, and uh, Joshua Kelly. I mean, come on, yeah. that's like yeah. stealing them, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I like the deal. Yeah. I mean, I will say that Dave Gettleman, the much maligned Gettle Chad, that all these fantasy nerds uh, on Twitter were like, oh, he's the dumbest guy ever. He stuck with the maligned Danny Dimes at pick 11. He could have taken fields. What did he do? He traded it for uh, a first round pick, which was Tony, who was a bust, but then also got the number uh, seven overall pick in the next draft, which Evan Neal. Right. Well, that's not he he drafted him. So he's not responsible for Neal. But, you know, the current regime had a number seven overall pick. Plus, he got Tony, who we traded for like, for like a fourth rounder, which he didn't get much for. A third. But, I think it was a third. Oh, third. And then he got a fifth also thrown in uh, because he stuck with dimes over fields. So let's give the, the Gettle Chat some credit. He, he's the one who, who stuck with Danny Dimes at number six over Haskins, who everybody thought was better, and they were criticizing him for that, which brings us to the Haskins thing. Didn't you see something crazy? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, all right. So we'll, we'll talk about this now quickly. Okay. Uh, yeah, but basically – uh, there was a list put out over the summer of like court, what was it of quarterbacks that um, can't Had busted, win. They were busts or the can't yeah oh, busts that can't, quarterbacks that like basically can never win a, a Super Bowl right and right. and Dwayne Haskins was on that list right. and people were so aghast because obviously he's dead he's dead yeah. right but I I but that con- that, may, that is true like he's not going to win one right? that's what I wrote on there I said factually it's true <laughs> right. but there was a lot of pearl clutching going over that he. Obviously, just was copying and pasting a list of first-round quarterbacks that have no shot, and right. it somehow got on there. Unless he was just trolling people for comments, no. which, by the way, is a good tactic on Twitter now that they're paying money. Yeah, it's kind of skeezy, but yeah, it's a short-term tactic uh, just to get people just to get people to react. I'm but it was like the, that, mo- by the way. but the, but <laughs> but the comments were so pathetic. It was like, "How dare you put Haskins on this list? It's such an insult!" And it was like, "Dude, come on! Like, you're going to get outraged about that? He died a couple of years ago. It's obviously tragic." This is a list about quarterbacks who aren't going to win a Super Bowl. Calm the fuck down. Right. It was the weirdest. It was and just like the weirdest thing. What's interesting is like this happens all the time. Like when a celebrity dies and people will start making like the obvious but funny jokes on on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, right. social media. And then there's always the, oh, my God, like, you know, the the serious, oh, that's too soon, bad taste, yeah. unfollow. Yeah. I get that yeah. a lot. Unfollow yeah. if I make a joke like that. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um can we talk a few uh, current events here for football? Just like sure. topics of the day. Sure. Um, Brown, uh, did you have Nick Chubb anywhere? No, I did not. Did not have him. Yeah, I saw. I used your line. I actually completely stole your line about um, the, the the. Well, I figure you give me some license. I, I yeah. usually give you credit. I forgot to in this point, but it was in a conversation where somebody had asked me about like what should fantasy? Oh, is a, what should fantasy managers do that have Nick Chubb? Give them some advice. I said, well, if you don't have Nick Chubb, you don't care about this anymore. <laughs> And you were saying there's a correlation between how much you care about this and how many Nick Chubbs you have on your fantasy teams. Right. I mean, look, everybody knows that it's 
horrible, you know, for football when a superstar. And he's one of the all-time great pure runners in the history of the NFL. I mean, he, he's never averaged fewer than five yards a carry. He's had six through a game this year. I mean, he's, he's insanely good. Yeah. Um, and it's always bad for the game and bad as a fan if a great player is out for the year. And he, you know, who knows if he'll recover. It's a very serious injury, right? And it's obviously tragic for that player. But if you're like, yes. Having I said have, that. <laughs> no, but if you're like, yes. Because that obviously hurts your competition. It's a zero-sum game, right? Like the fact that he's out crushes some of your opponents. I mean, you took him in the first round or early second. And you're like, yes. I just said, don't gloat about it. Be- not because it matters, like you're evil, because Nick Chubb's going to find out. He doesn't care. He's got his own problems. He's dealing with his significant injury. You're gloating about it. It's not going to harm Nick Chubb. But it's just a really bad habit to get into, to start celebrating gloating over real-life harm to others, right? It's how you become... One of those psychopaths who's like, you know, oh, well, at least our weapons manufacturer made money. Let's keep this war going. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just invest more in that way. You know, this is like how you have like real like moral rot in society over time. So just don't get in the habit of celebrating uh, and getting cheerful over real life, you know, serious things like a, a seasoning injured or great player. At the same time, don't be full of shit, right? Like, you know that if you had Nick Chubb in your $1,750 prime time and he's out for the year, it ruins your whole day. You're like, oh my God, right? You are just destroyed. Not because you love Nick Chubb and you care about the human being Nick Chubb, because you're a selfish person who rightfully so put a lot of effort into this, put a lot of money into it, and now you just got totally screwed. You're probably not going to win. And if you don't have him, you're going to maybe say, in my opinion, oh, that sucks. That's too bad. But it's not going to bother you at all. It's not going to bother you, you know, in, in that way where it ruins your day because your your teams are actually better off because of it. So, you know, just be honest, but don't gloat. Not because you're the bad guy if you gloat and, and you know people shame you're the worst person ever, but because it's just a really bad habit to get into that ghoulish mindset where you're starting to not give a shit if. Um, if real, you know, if you can profit off a real life harm again, it's like, oh, I'll just buy more stock in Raytheon because we're at war. It's like, <laughs> that's a bad mindset. Like, you know, just, avo- you know, bad things are bad things. You know, you don't have to, uh, you, shouldn't be, glee- you shouldn't, be glee- shouldn't be gleeful about that. All right. So now we have Jerome Ford, who, who had a really good fantasy game, probably on your bench because you didn't anticipate Nick Chubb getting hurt. Uh, he was the obvious pickup. Was he available in any of your NFFC stuff where there's 10 none. bench? Yeah, none. none. Yeah, me Not neither. A single one. But in, you know, some of the home leagues, he was available. He was hard to hold on to, you know, after week one. Uh, then they signed, the Browns signed Kareem Hunt. What do you think is a reasonable projection moving forward? Now, this week they play Tennessee, which is shut down the run for Josh Kelly. They're, they're just basically you can't run on Tennessee. So that aside, what do you think is a reasonable projection for these two running backs moving forward? So I think. On the one hand, Hunt is a good signing. It's better than trading for Acres. You know, I have Madison and Acres in the same league. That was just such a disastrous six-seven turn for me. But um, where, like, oh, maybe Acres is good, and maybe he displaces Jerome Ford. But um, but the negative is that he knows the Brown system. He knows he's been there, and maybe they're like, and he's used to being the third down back. So maybe they're like, okay, he's the pass pro guy that we really trust, and Jerome Ford will be in the Nick Chubb role now. That is bad for Jerome Ford because Jerome Ford is a good pass catcher. So he was in that role with Chubb, but I could see it switching with Hunt. That's, that's the only right. negative. So I don't know how they're going to do the roles. I think in general, a, a washed up kind of guy like Hunt is less of a threat than a young guy like Akers. And so you're probably happy that's who they signed. But I wouldn't... Uh, but the other side you know, is that Hunt doesn't need any ramp up. He knows the playbook. Right. Presumably he's kept in reasonable shape, right? I mean, yeah. he's, he's like 
fully integrated in week, and in this week. he's the pass pro third down guy for them. So this is the danger. This is the danger if you're a Ford owner or if you're going to go, you went in big for 800 bucks or whatever, 850 to get Ford. I get it because he looked really good. The Browns offensive line is good. Um, we all know now that Nick Chubb was a system player after yeah. we saw Ford in the second half. But, but yeah, you, you, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it, actually. So just, you know, I know you don't do weekly rankings, but just off the top of your head, um, just, again, I know it's matchup dependent too, but where would you rank rest of season, Jerome Ford, RB what? And then, I, again, just off top of head, and then the same thing, the same exercise for Hunt. All right, I'd say like RB 14 for mm-hmm. Ford. I'm just making that up. Yep. And Hunt would be like somewhere in, you know, RB 40 or something like that. Oh, that but, late. Okay, all right. Yeah. Is Hunt is like desperation start type of player. I mean, I think there's a chance that he's him, that he's like what he did before is the best case scenario. But he's older and not as good as he was before. So, um, you know, you're looking at like he was what, like running back 25 usually like before. Mm-hmm. But he's older. And remember, like teams passed on him. He worked out for the Saints and some well, other teams. And they passed presume, him. Presumably, you know, everyone, well, everyone was saying they passed on him. But I, I think it was more that he was like, no, I want my four mil or an opportunity to make my four mil. And I'm not going to play for anything else. They, I think they offered him probably the $2 million contract. I see. They, they, they didn't I'm pass on him. Up. They just didn't. They just, he would have had to blow them away to get the four mil. He didn't. They were like, we'll give you two. And he's like, you know, I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait till there's an injury because he knows it inevitably it happens. Right. Why am I? And his agent probably said to him, "You bet. If if you want the money, you're better off waiting, missing some checks, and then getting the upside." They're going. So you're the. He basically told them in my in my head, "You're the first guy that's getting phone calls." Did he pay Minka Fitzpatrick to go low on Chubb? <laughs> that was like I, mean, I already know. Yeah, that was kind of. I mean, it was a. I don't, I don't want to say it's a, like he did it on purpose or a dirty hit, but that was a very nasty hit to his leg. I mean, it was, it's funny. They don't show it. Like they're like, I, I was watching the replay and this cut away. And I, I had heard, I, I don't know how I'd turn on Twitter or something. And I saw that Chubb was, or I wrote a wire. I saw that Chubb was out for the air. I was like, holy shit. You know, that's yeah. Like well, huge. what happened on the broadcast? You didn't watch the game live, right? Cause no, you're, no. yeah. So what happened was they, the, you couldn't see it from the initial play. And then Joe Buck goes, we're not going to show that. And, Cause you heard groans from the stands and they right. go, um, they, the reason you're hearing, they explained the groans was they just showed it in slow motion on the board. We're not going to do that. We can't handle that. But immediately you go to Twitter and of course, of course. it was, and, but, yeah. and also like, dude, I mean, you know, people are having heart attacks on the field these days. I mean, you can show any injury, you know. I, I, you know, maybe some people can't handle it, but it, it, it's probably also, you know, normally I'm like kind of like I don't have feeling about injury. I'm like, oh yeah, players get injured for some reason. These injuries are like making me like think like, wow, this is a really violent. This is just my personal experience. So maybe they understand that sentiment's happening and they don't want to, you know, exacerbate that. So this is because it's not I Joe mean, Buck deciding I, not to do it. I mean, it's, look, it's production. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, football is so all right. He's just he's just he's a total nutless monkey. He just does whatever he's told. He's just like he hears it in the headphone and he says it right. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, think about this, right? Like people drafted injury prone. You know, they drafted injury prone players. Um, and if you drafted Barkley, yeah, Barkley's been hurt a lot. McCaffrey's been hurt a lot. Um. And they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a chance. But they're like, no, I'm taking Chubb. He's a rock. He's a total rock. And so you think about it, you really can't play it safe in the NFL. Like, he is a rock, and he's just out for the year. And, and to me, Chubb was one of I – mean, he's the most durable player in the league as of a week ago. I mean, he's a running back that's been in the league five years, doesn't miss any time. Oh, he did miss like four games one year, but he's been pretty durable, you know. When, it, when it's your number, it's your number. You yeah. know, I mean, look, Anthony Richardson um, – 
I mean, that was kind of predictable, right? Like a running quarterback. Well, he's quarter- a bit reckless. I mean, he reminds me of Justin Fields. Justin Fields is much better when he plays with his instincts, but he's not going to make it through the season playing like that. Like, he's going to get hurt because it's too violent. Like, you just can't – you need to be – you know, some of those running backs, like a Derrick Henry is big enough to, like, dish out hits, and even he got hurt one year, but it was his foot. Um, but, like, it's just very hard to take that many hits and not get hurt eventually, and especially for a quarterback that doesn't run low and – you know, I was exposed like that. All right. For any new listeners to this video or podcast, um, I'm Alan Soslowski from rotowire.com. And this is Chris Liss from real man sports. Chris, before we get into some of our, your, your favorite picks against the spread, why don't you just tell everybody in 30 seconds, how they can find all of your content. Everything is at realmansports.com. I'm doing, uh, you know, picking games against the spread. I'm going to write up my survivor column later today, make my actual pick. Uh, I write all of my bets. Everything's on, accounted for. Uh, you know, every single bet I make, even with Seslowski, I got to pay him now because I got to buy out of the. Uh, what was that? That oh, Rams. No, you missed the buyout opportunity. So oh, you, it's closed. You, it's you and I, you and I bet uh, twenty dollars. And by the way, you're back in uh, Cam Akers versus Kyron Williams weeks two through seventeen. You're alive again. I'm back alive if Kyron Williams gets hurt. But right. it was like, you know, immediately we were like betting which would happen going forward. And then Cam Akers in the doghouse doesn't even play. Well, I had uh, a feeling that he was getting doghouse. I didn't realize he was going to get deactivated. So right. just based on like what so, I saw in week one. Well, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I hope I win that bet anyway. But anyway, I document everything and uh, I make the picks and then I write up the games. And I basically say the things you could tell from these videos that a lot of people don't want to say. You know, they don't want to say the truth. Everyone's supposed to say the same thing. I don't have a boss. I'm the boss. So people are like, you know, oh, it's such a tragedy. Nick Chubb got hurt, all this stuff. And it is sad that Nick Chubb got hurt. But like, I try to keep it real and say the things that are actually true, what, we're, what you're actually thinking. And even if it's not permitted, I'll say it. So realmansports.com, you can check it out for free. There's also a pay option as well. All right, and also, everybody, uh, if you want to check out Rotowire's premium content, which I know Chris List still uses uh, for some of his I research, do. you can go right now time. to rotowire.com forward slash try, and the paywall unlocks for two days when you put in your email. All right, let's get into some picks against the spread this week for uh, week three. Who's your highest? We'll go your your top three high co- most confident picks. And obviously, you know, follow this if you like the logic, fade them if you don't, or do nothing. Just listen to it for entertainment. All right. Who's your most high confidence pick this week heading into week three? Yeah, I don't really have one. I, the, the <laughs> two games. No, because I just that don't build up I, like, that build yeah, up. For I, just nothing. Don't, I just don't because like, you know, there's people are like, bet the whatever plus three. Like there's like guys who are funny about it. And they're like, you know, like Brad Evans. I love Brad Evans. But he's not really saying if you pick this, you'll win money. He's not like deceiving anybody. But it's all like goofy and whatever, right? It's Z Morning Zoo. You remember in New York, Z One Hundred Morning Zoo? Yeah, yeah. He's like goofy and he's entertaining, and that's fine, right? But like, you know, he's not really giving you advice. And there's people who give you earnest advice um, or charge for picks, and that's uh, really stupid. Don't ever pay for picks. You're already paying the rake. Don't pay for the picks, right? But for me, I'm neither of those. Right? I literally don't decide till I have to on Friday now, and I just look at the games and I have some thoughts. Like so, for instance, I, I. make my lines and I look at the real line. So one of them that jumped out was Pat's jets. I made that three, right? Pat's plus three at jets. Like these teams both kind of suck. Um, they both have bad quarterbacks. They both have good defenses. What's the real line. The real line shocked me. It's, it's Pat's minus two and a half. Right. And you thought the jets would be favored at home. Yeah. I thought they'd be favored at home. I think the jets and Patriots are roughly equal because if you take away the quarterbacks, the Jets are better. There's no doubt the Jets are better. They have better running backs. They have better – their offensive line is at least yeah. as good. They've got uh, better receivers. 
because the Patriots don't have any receivers. And they've got, a, I think, at least as good, if not better defense, right? So if you take away the quarterbacks, the Jets are just straight up better team. Yeah, but so that's then, like saying that if, uh, if, like when a player comes back from injury, Chris lists, like, oh yeah, if he didn't have the ACL, no, he has the ACL. The Jets do have pretty much the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but how did you like the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Otherwise, uh, the, the, boy, the, the point is, the, 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 but that, but okay, but let's but let's just get with the quarterbacks. So, so this is okay. Jets are better, slightly better, straight up. Okay, no quarterbacks. And then let's talk about the quarterbacks. Who do the Patriots have? Do they have Tom Brady? Do they have uh, even Derek Carr? No, they have Mac Jones. Okay, Mac Jones is a below average NFL quarterback at best. Right? He's like the twentieth best quarterback in the league. So. You're saying, and Zach Wilson, QB1. Now, look, QB1, I thought he'd be laying wood, honestly, this, this <laughs> game. I really thought he'd be laying wood. But the thing about QB1 is he's bad. He's really bad. But is he really five and a half points worse than Mac, Will Mac Jones? I mean, Mac Wilson. Mac Jones, whatever, right? I mean, Mac Jones, it's like, so let's say Rodgers were playing. What would the line be if Rodgers were playing? I mean, would it be like minus, like Patriots minus plus four, four and a half? Minus four and a half. Right. No, Patriots no. plus four? Yeah, yeah. Something right. Like that. Okay. So, I mean, that's a pretty big, you know, discrepancy. It, it might even be plus five and a half. I mean, because Rodgers is better, presumably, than Mac Jones. So, I don't know. It, it's just that quarterback position is doing a lot of work now. Belichick is, is especially rough on green quarterbacks who don't have their confidence. I mean, that's, that's part of the problem, too. I think they um, are giving extra. So, I don't know. I, it might be one, like, I'm missing something in that Belichick factor. Although Belichick, it's not like, oh, magic Belichick. Where's that been for two years? You know, I, I, I've been relying on this magic that just hasn't happened. And the Patriots, what's the point of the Patriots existing this year? Why do they exist? What is the point? I see them play. It's like, oh, you're going against the Dolphins, who are really fast and have all these playmakers. You don't have any playmakers. You have none. You can't make a play. You can't do anything. You can drive with short throws and runs down the field for like an hour with a crap quarterback. And then the other team can like score on one play. Like, how can you even compete in the NFL with not a single playmaker? I mean, Ramondre is a nice, you know, solid back, but like he's not going to break a 50 yard run. So what, what are you, what are they even doing with this roster? They had a, they gave Philadelphia a good game in week one. And, you know, Kendrick Bourne was a good underneath receiver. Now Devontae Parker, you know, he, he's uh, like 40 years old now and, yeah. and he's going to get hurt. And Kendrick Bourne is their number one receiver. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is like, well, Parker was he, last week. Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne is like Tyler Boyd. It would be like if your number one receiver were Tyler Boyd, not even as good as Tyler Boyd. He's never produced at the level <laughs> Tyler Boyd has. If your number one receiver was like a poor man's Tyler Boyd and then your other guy, was like, who's the other guy that, who got drafted by the Bears in that same draft as Devontae Parker in the first? Kevin White. Kevin He's White, like right. a rich man's Kevin White. Yeah, Kevin yeah. White's bounced around. These guys, like, they they got to have, you know, they lost. Who was the young guy they lost that's out for the year? The, the uh, Taekwon Thornton was yeah. maybe going to be a playmaker. Lost him for the year. Juju's a flat tire. I mean, this is like. Hunter Henry is a. Is He's been what we thought he was going to be on the Chargers, at least. He's good, but I mean, Hunter Henry's not a field stretcher. He's right. not Darren Waller. He's like Zach Ertz. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the point of this team is. So, right. so, I, so I'm leaning Jets, but maybe I'm missing something. All right. Next game. Right. Uh, the other game that was really off to me was, and I, I kind of like the, the, I don't like to call them the Quinners, the football team. They, uh, you, you, they're right now, their line, the real line is uh, the commanders are, are six and a half point dogs at home. Yeah, it's like the Bills. I mean, yeah, they crushed the Raiders, right? But, like, they lost to the Zach Wilson Jets the week one. Like, I'm not sure the Bills are, you know, who they are yet. And then they're laying this much wood on the road against a team that's, you know, they played, you know, crappy teams, but they're 2-0, and and 
They've got a quarterback that, you know, seems to make some plays. You know, he's just like the other guy. Who was the guy last year they had? Who? The, uh, the, 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 uh, the commanders? Uh, the football team, yeah. You're talking about, like, the quarterback? Yeah, last year. What was the uh, guy's they name? had Taylor Heineke. Heineke. He's just like Heineke. He's like right. the scrappy, scramble around, make a mistake, make a play guy. He's like uh, Heineke 2.0, but maybe he's Which, better. Which, by the way, Heineke is, is the backup in Atlanta. I'd like to see him get a shot over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, like, he's just like Sam Howell. He's just exact yeah. same style. But point is, their defense might be decent. Um, they have some weapons. I think that's too much. So I'd probably take the commanders. Uh, six and a half just seems like a large line. It's almost that like, again, like. I'm missing something. Like, why... Why are they laying almost a touchdown on the well, road? You know, you know what the reason is. People still have this thing where the Bills are like a good Super Bowl contender, and they might be. They might be. They might yeah. be. But it, they're not. Yeah, the line. What you would make this line? What I'm assuming three and a half. I made a three yeah. minus three. Okay. I mean, minus three on the road is still like you're the better team against a two and zero team. But like right. six and a half. That did, but that shows me something that's weird. Like maybe I'm just they're going to kill them. You know, I don't know. But I heard uh, Warren Sharp say that the uh, that Vegas is figuring in a point and a half instead of the traditional three now for home field. Oh, is that especially if it's closer. So Rufus Peabody did a little work on that. Like if it's like San Francisco playing at LA, that's like a point and a half. Right. But if it's like, you know, Pittsburgh playing in, uh, you know, Vegas, you know, that may be a little bit more because that travel and time zone adds to the, to the, it's not just home road. Like the, the three generic is a little bit, oversimplified right it matters how far they have to travel um and so like division rivals playing you know new york philly that home isn't that home road isn't a big deal right. whereas like a chargers thing where there is no home field like so they do factor that in I, I mean i don't know how much they do but i think rufus did some work on it and it wasn't like all home he would adjust based on the distance traveled all right so give me your third I, again you're saying these are the three that stood out to you i think that's a better way to put it that didn't comport with my ranking. So the other one was Steelers Raiders. And then again, I started thinking, well, maybe it's because of the travel, but now hold I on. let me just give everyone the Steelers Raiders actual line right now is the Steelers are three point favorites on the road in Las Vegas. Right. Oh, they're, they're giving three. Uh, I thought they're getting three. Oh, the Steelers are getting three. I thought maybe check it again. I'm going to check it while we're talking. I, you okay. know, I'm just reading off of your article. So you don't, um, you don't yeah, really no, say I, in there. Yeah, so I, I do. Just... I do because I make it a minus if the. If the okay, you're if right. The... So, so the up. Okay, the updated line right now. Everyone, scratch everything we just said. The updated line is the Raiders are getting two and a half. Or sorry, giving two and a half at home. So the Raiders are two oh. and a half point favorites at home. So I was right. Okay, so I made this line of pick them. Okay, and actually pick them is closer to two and a half. The two and a half is to three, because. You understand why, right? I mean, or it's most games land on three, right? Or a lot of games enough do that, you know, that that makes a big difference. So I made this a pick them and I said, why are the Raiders three point favorites? I mean, the Steelers, I'm not a fan of of Kenny Pickett. I don't see anything special. Maybe he'll end up being good. Some people were talking him up. I don't see it. He's he's Taylor Heineke. Exactly. Just a scrappy young quarterback makes plays, makes mistakes. You don't see anything like any like special spark that's like, remember, oh, this guy's amazing. Do you remember years ago, like five years ago, we used to say, oh, that guy's Andy Dalton. Now it's, right. that guy's uh, Taylor Heineke. He's the right. new. Well, well, Dalton's different. Dalton is of the mold. I, I, I think like, Dalton's the Derek Carr, right. Jared Goff. But now although, these new age guys that are a little bit more mobile, we have to think of a different like 30 seconds. These guys aren't even that mobile. Like they're just scrappy. You know, they, right. well, that's Taylor even, Heineke. Even, right. Heineke, Howell. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, yeah. And then, and then Kenny Pickett. Uh, and maybe he'll develop, right? He's only in his like third year. Like maybe he'll take second a leap. year. Was he a rookie last year? Yeah, yeah, he was the oh, first. Okay. Yeah, so it was only his second year. So maybe he'll take a leap, and we'll be like, oh, Kenny Pickett, the new superstar quarterback. It is totally possible, but I don't see it. I don't see 
when I watch him play, I don't see, oh, this greatness here, you know? Um, so, but, so I'm not really impressed by the Steelers, but you know, they're well coached, you know, they're like a professional team and the Raiders are kind of a joke, you know, maybe they'll turn the corner one day and be a serious team, but it just seems like three was a lot. And, but then I thought, oh, well, it's a late body clock game. They're going to the, you know, they're an East coast team going to the West coast, late, late body clock, long trip. But then the line went down to two and a half, which is, you know, then with those things factored, and I think it should be about one and a half, two and a half, which is basically the same thing, but not three. So if it's two and a half, then that just ruins the uh, point I was going to make, which I was going to take the Steelers getting the full field goal. Yep. I mean, that's why I just want to give everyone the most updated lines. Obviously, the market agreed with you. That's why the point, that's why it moved to half a point. And by the way, anyone um, watching the video, listening to the stream, if you enjoy videos like this, consider hitting the like button and also put in the comments who you, uh, who your favorite pick against the spread is. And also, more importantly, just for anyone that scrolls through the comments on a survivor video, let them know who you're taking in survivor, right? And let them know why. That's, that's always important. We all try to help each other out. All right. So the, let's just review your, your three bets against the spread. Just quickly They're not list. necessarily my bets. They're the ones that diverge from my initial lines that I made, which is the Jets, okay, uh, home against the Patriots, getting two and a half at home. Okay? Nobody's going to want to take that. No one's going to want to touch the Jets with Zach Wilson, but no one wants the Patriots laying wood either, right? Right. You only want QB1 laying wood. <laughs> and then you got, uh, then you, you got the, uh, what was the other one? The, oh, the Commanders, which I still, this is the one I'll probably still use. The others I have to think about getting the full six and a half at home against the Bills. Maybe I'm missing something, but that seems like way too big. And then finally, the uh, the Steelers initially, when they were getting three against the Raiders, but now it's down to two and a half, which again is a huge difference to push it off that, that key number of three. So I don't know. I got to think about it. The, the other thing is, you know, sometimes people say, and this doesn't really matter, but it's just a curious thing. When you see a line that makes no sense, when you're like, the Bills are way out of line, giving six and a half, that you take them. Like something, you're missing something. You're not... You know, you're, you're sort of uh, off base if you're off the line by that much, that, that many points. All right. A couple other topics. We're going to close the against the spread. We're going to go into a little uh, fantasy football topics. And then at the end, everyone, we are going to talk about something that's totally off the football sphere. So uh, we're talking about what, what's it called? Geological what? List? Oh, Ge- what are you talking about? I was going to ask you about. <laughs> I was gonna. I have a couple things to ask you about. I was gonna ask oh. you about uh, it. G. Let's here. I have it right here. Uh, geo geoengineering. Okay. At the end, and then also, did you see the Dave Portnoy uh, Washington Post? I did. Call? I just talked about that in my uh, regular podcast. In the okay. Christmas so we're gonna talk about podcast. that after this. So I have a few fantasy okay. football things okay. first. So okay. if you don't okay. like that kind of stuff, you could tune out at the end. The Portnoy thing, I think it was great. But I'm, yes, I'm well, we'll talk about that. that. We'll okay. forget geoengineering. Maybe we'll we'll we need to you know, fine tune that a little bit, but Hey, um, Joe Burrow, I can't, I tried to sell him in a bunch of leagues right now. I, I offered people Sam, uh, Joe Burrow, give me Sam Howell decline. Justin Fields decline. Yeah. I, uh, I made an offer. You got to buy Joe Burrow. Then you got to buy when there's blood in the streets. You mean for just this year though? Not Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Just this year. Obviously in dynasty, this is not even a thing. And this is super flex because obviously in a, in a single quarterback league, you just, you put them on the bench, you pick up Baker Mayfield. People people will trade you those guys for Joe Burrow in a second. Yeah. Okay. QB flex where, where there's no QBs. Yeah. It's redraft. So I even offered uh, like Scott Pianowski, like Kirk cousins. Obviously he said, no, I mean, that's, you know, I, I said, give me Kirk cousins and Mostert for Joe Burrow. He said, no. Um, I mean, I would offer, (laughs) well, I I was thinking maybe, you know, I mean, who do I have to offer CJ Stroud? I mean, is that the level a bit? It's more importantly, like it, the more, my point was the market doesn't want Joe Burrow, but how do you super flex? Yeah. Yeah. In in a a single QB league, you, I would trade for him because I'd be like, okay, maybe he'll be out a month, but then he'll, 
you know, be big, maybe. Right. So really is the question um, about Jamar Chase, because I think T. Higgins can survive. He's a contested uh, ball catcher. You know, he could jump up, push people out of the way. But Jamar Chase, I think, is in serious trouble here. Um, so, so who's the quarterback? It's, it's that uh, his name is Jake. Ball. His name oh, what is about J- Trevor Simeon? It's not Simeon? No, 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 no. It's it's a guy who's never thrown an NFL pass, undrafted Jake Browning. No one okay. knows anything about him. Okay. So you never know with an unknown, right? You never know. Maybe he's like better than you think, but chances are he's not. Most of them aren't. And can I, can I, I pee while you're going over this? Go ahead. I'll, I'm going to do some, yeah. some I told you so, so you don't have to hear okay, it. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So I don't know if Alan is, is the person who was disagreeing. Why does this guy have to pee so much? Every single video, this guy has to pee at least once. Um, so... Um, I told everybody when Burrow got the calf injury, like <clears throat> there needs to be a discount on him and a discount on Chase and a discount on Higgins. Like, why are we just treating it like Burrow has a month long calf injury right before the season? And nobody was, everybody was drafting Burrow in the third, fourth, three, four turn. They were drafting Higgins early third. They were drafting Chase two overall. Why was there no discount on those guys when Burrow was out for a month? Why was there no discount on Cup when he had a month long hamstring injury? I mean, this is like criminal negligence. Like I told everybody, I, nobody would even, it got no traction. I kept posting like, is there no discount on these guys now that Burrow's out for a month right before the season? They're like, nah, nah, he'll be fine. Like, that's crazy. That's just crazy. So now it's coming home to roost. His calf is a problem. We don't know if he's going to play this week. And you don't even know if you want him to play this week because you don't know how he's going to do. And then you don't know if he's going to aggravate it again. So this is a big problem. All right. So, so Chase, if we were redrafting, every, we were starting every league over today, where would uh, Jamar Chase get drafted? By you? Um, uh, probably like, I don't know, maybe like 14th or something like that. Oh, okay. You know? In the second round. I was thinking yeah. not even a second round pick, but okay. Well, that's I, we don't know that it's not like Burrow's out for the year. Did I miss some news or something? No, he's no it's not for- out for the year. He might even play on Monday night. Point yeah, is though, like, that's what I mean. so you, I'd rather you, have like Chris Olave at pick 14 than... Well, Olave may have moved up since draft day and he was going like 17. So, I mean, he might be picked 12, right? But like, point is that that presumably, right? Burrow, let's just make an over-under, right? Like, I mean, there's volatility here where he could, like, be out for the year. Not or be- out, just compromised. Do you remember that year well, on the Jets that Chad Pennington was playing compromised? It could be something like that. Right, but let's just say that um, Burrow, you know, let's just say an over-under of, like, two, two weeks, right? Like, he misses two weeks, he gets back to 100%, fine. <laughs> um, you're still going to take Chase at 14 there because he's still yes. going to play in the games that he's not playing, and then you're going to get the number two guy or whatever. But the problem is, right, like he had a month off in the preseason. So how do we know that he doesn't need six weeks off to really get right with this, to make it so he doesn't aggravate it? And so we just don't know. So it may be 14 too high, you know, but, but the point, my point is just that, um, that the biggest takeaway is like, do not, and this is a Pianowski thing that's absolutely correct. Like, do not be optimistic on injuries. You see an injury, demand a proper discount. And if you don't get that discount, don't do it. You know, even if you love the player, don't do it. And, and yeah, this people is... were, were taking it without the discount. You got to say, okay, fine. You like Cooper Cup? Fine. Give me Cooper Cup in early round two. This is before we knew he was out for four weeks. I would have right. taken him, right? After like initially we didn't know and he aggravated round three. Now it was round four by the end, you know, round five by the end. That's how you need to do it. These guys were still drafted mid five, six, seven after the injury, right? That was a big mistake. And same with Chase, same with Higgins, same with Burrow. Like, Demand a discount. There was a point you should take him. I took Judy in the sixth. Now he's apparently fine, although they don't throw him the ball, so it might still be a, a bad pick. Right. But if you get so, the right discount, you should take him, but never take him at a discount. Right now, I don't know. We don't, you know, everybody knows what's going on. He's hurt. He aggravated it. 
He may play. He may not play. We don't know whether he'll be compromised. We don't know whether he'll take time off. We don't know the extent it's going to compromise him, and we're just all flying blind here. Well, you have to you have to take action based on what you know now. Of course we don't. If we knew, then we would know what to do. So really my question, like if someone offers you right now, like, okay, Puka Nakua or Jamar Chase, who do you want on your team? Chase. Chase. So, I was doing a podcast yesterday, and we both agreed Nakua. So what is your you Nakua? You did agree. You would, say, you would do Nakua for Chase? No I, I'm not. I, I wish we were in the same league. We could make that trade. I know it's it's uh, I mean, well, here's the good news is that you don't have like if you want to trade Jamar Chase, you can get Nakua plus Debo Samuel, you know, like you don't have to make that one for one trade. Yeah, I mean, look, Chase may be good with this no name guy. Chase is like you know, elite elite, you know, so like he, he may be, you know, return a fourth round value with a crap quarterback. You know, he's that good. So um, I wouldn't discount him too much. That's why I said 14. You know, I didn't go down to like the end of the second or whatever. And because Burrow, that would be Burrow out for the year. I mean, Burrow is, it's possible that he's this horrible headache where it's like, you never know each week, but, but chances are he'll play most of the year. And so you're going to get most of chase. So I think Nakua, I mean, what happens if, I mean, I don't know the Cooper Cup's going to be hundred percent this year, but he, if, well, here are a couple things there. What Cooper Cup might not be hundred percent. And then everyone's assuming when Cup comes back, oh, he's the guy. Like what if Nakua is the guy, these guys, but no way. No why way. not? Why not? I Nakua just has like average speed. I, he's just not the Cooper Cup is fast. Uh, well, no, he's not. Right. But Cooper, <laughs> Cooper Cup is like a very rare receiver that became elite despite very pedestrian skills um, over a period of five years. He, you know, he was an elite receiver. Kind of like Puka Nakua, by the well, way, who two who, games. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jeremy Lin, you know, was great for those games, you know, <laughs> that's true. I mean, you could, what was the guy on the Eagles? Um, that, yeah, the I receiver. That I know yeah, that guy. I, I think Jeremy Lin, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't believe I was talking about Travis Fulgham. Fulgham, right. Fulgham. And then there was also the week one phenomenon on the Cowboys. Remember Kevin Ogletree who yeah, went crazy for one. Do you week? remember when Sammy Watkins had like three touchdowns on the chiefs or something like right. week one and then didn't do anything the rest of the year. I mean, look, it's too, like he got 20 targets. Like yeah. you're going to do well. if you. Have, I mean, look, if you take, okay, let's say you took Kendrick Bourne, you put him on the Rams and you're like, you're getting 20 targets. You're in the McVay offense. They're going to scheme you open. And Matthew Stafford is going to be completely healthy and play well. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is going to have Puka Nakua's numbers. Okay. Well, Puka Nakua is the guy that's there now. That's my point. But That's what I'm saying. When Cup comes back, if he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. And secondly, I don't know about that. Could be, but it might not be. I don't think so. I I, I mean, you never know. I guess we have another bet. You Puka Nakua versus whom? Cooper Cup, the minute that the minute they're both active on the same team for the rest of the year. Now, by the way, if you if you take Cup and lose, because no, no, no. I don't want, I'm not doing that because to me, when, when I'm saying Cup is going to wreck Nakua, that means Nakua versus Chase, you're going to get wrecked because Cup's going to wreck it. Cup may get hurt after four games. Oh, okay, but, I thought you, know you meant. I'm not saying no. I mean, if if Cup were truly recovered, obviously I would take Cup, but you wouldn't do the bet. We don't know. I'm not That's betting on Cup recovering. Like I'm not there saying. It is. I'm saying to the extent that Cup is able to derail Nakua, that's a huge risk that Chase doesn't have. So if you want to do Chase Nakua, I'll I happily do that in PPR. No, because that, yeah, that again, that doesn't make sense. I'd said I'd rather have him, but I don't, you know, it's again, I don't, right. I could get more for him. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, the, <laughs> but Nakua is, it'd be interesting if he does it again. I mean, it's just going to be, well, insane. if he gets 15 targets, right? Like he's going to have another yeah. productive day. It's just that, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a big. I'm, not, so, yeah. I'm not a big stats like you know, like really like oh my god, all these air yards mean this, and I understand those are important and people like them. But the one stat I thought was pretty interesting, and I hope I'm quoting it correctly, was that Nakua 
in, and again, it's BYU, it's lower competition, but his yards per route run, which is a metric that correlates right. to how good a receiver is, he led the nation or something like that in those yards per route oh, run. I didn't, again, know I didn't know he was I, that I, good. So, so maybe these, you know, they said um, Scott Baird did a study or somebody else's study, but he sent it along that basically, like, if there's two guys who get drafted in like the second round or the third round, whatever they get drafted, and one of them is a sick athlete, like a DK Metcalf or whatever, and one of them, uh, is not an athlete at all. But Cooper Cup. Right. Cooper Cup or Jarvis Landry was super slow, was really productive as an NFL receiver. Keenan you, Allen. Yeah. Keenan Allen. These guys who were still drafted high. I mean, Allen, I think, was like fourth round or something. But it's, And um, Naku was like fifth round, right? But like guys who are drafted, you know, like in the second round, like if one of them is not an athlete, that means he was really good in college, right? <laughs> and that means that he's, a, he's got football skills. The other guy's got gym skills. And so usually the athlete gets outperformed by the football skill guy, the guy who knows how to get open, has a feel for the game, et cetera. So maybe Naku is one of those guys because of his production in college. But I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's just he had 20 targets. I mean, they just – you know what it is? Is Van Jefferson is like cannot catch. So he was, he was just like a non-factor. And then you got this little shrimp in Tutu Atwell. And so that's all they had. He was their only, he was each the only game in town. Yeah, but sometimes you always say it's the magnitude of the sample. If Would you rather have, knowing nothing else, a pitcher in his first start that has 24 strikeouts? 24 would, you, would be the, the all-time record. So I would take that guy over anybody. That would be like a guy who hit a home run that was 700 feet. Well, wait but, a second, but, wait a second. But Nakua has the all-time record for targets for a rookie. No, that's my I point. know, I know. But targets are not like, I mean, targets do mean that you're getting open and you're trusted by the quarterback and whatever. So there is some merit to targets. But, like, I could get 20 targets if they paid Matthew Stafford a billion dollars to get it to me. Right? And <laughs> get injured before I got to 20, which I probably would. But the point is, you know, you can't give him credit for targets. You got to give him credit for, um, you know. Well, pr production was there, too. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't nothing, right? I mean, it was like he, he got a lot of production. Yeah. Um, and so. All right. Anyway. So you're still going to be a little skeptical. Uh, so, by the way, Nakua is in my dynasty leagues, man. The, the craziest one I saw so far was he was traded straight up for Jackson Smith and Jigba in a dynasty league straight up. But that's good because Smith and Jigba is just a prospect. Right. And no. so now they're probably equal prospects. Right. Like Smith and Jigba was a great prospect. But now Nakua is a great prospect at this point. Right. He's now yeah. become a first round prospect, just like Smith and Jigba. But like a first round thing about a first round pick first round prospect that's not gonna wide receiver be, one overall you're not gonna be you know comparing them to um you know the jamar chases of the world yet you know you're, that they're still just prospects yeah i'm looking at it he had you know his per target production was modest you know it was 7.4 7.9 he's running short routes didn't score touchdowns um but the yards per route runner are, are good but also that's kind of a stupid stat right everyone loves yards per route run that's an important stat well if when I'm running a route, you throw it to me. I'm going to get a lot more yards per route run than if I run routes where you're not looking at me. So if I run a lot of decoy routes, my yards per route run are going to suck. But like, what does that mean? It means nothing. This is why I said people get lost in the sauce sometimes with the yeah. stats. So I respect it, but it's it's not. I just it's hard to you you watch enough football, you play enough fantasy football, you kind of get a feel for how these things are going to turn out, and and often reacting before it actually happens, like doing the action in fantasy football before you see it happen is, is one of the small edges I think that I have when I, you know, when I play the game. So, um, all right. What was the, you know uh, I picked up for that. I picked up Rico Dowdle in a couple of leagues. Yeah. That's a good, I look pretty good. And mm -hmm. I think Pollard is, is, you know, never used to this big workload he's going to get. And I don't know. I think, you know, he could be like a running back, you know, top 10 so, running back if, if Pollard were down and, and that's, that's what I'm picking up. I mean, Nakua, 
nobody knew. And then all of a sudden he went bananas. If you got him before the season, but week two was the time where, you know, people went in bigger than I did and, and they got rewarded last week. So two things. Um, one with Nakua, he did have some preseason buzz. So in, in some of the, like the NFFC leagues, I mean, most of them he was taken because there was constant like, oh, this guy is good and Sean McVay talking him up and all that stuff. But yeah, in, in your typical home league, he was probably not drafted. And then you talked about uh, Rico Dowdle. Uh, that is exactly the guy who you pick up on the end of your bench. He, he last week Jerome Ford was sitting out there in a league, and um, you know my wife in the league that we're in, she scooped him up when she threw someone an IR. I mean that's exactly the. Right. And then if they if nothing happens, you could try the next one. So totally agree. If Rico Dowdle's out there, and you have like for example, if you had Ty Chandler on your bench as one of those right. lottery tickets, exchange that out. Uh, yeah. Great advice there. Uh, what was the last topic we were going to talk about when we said before we scared the everybody? Portnoy. The Portnoy. Oh, okay. All right. So just to if we're gonna. Pivot off fantasy football for the next eight minutes, everybody. So uh, if you don't like Dave Portnoy talk, tune out. If you want to hear what Chris Liss has to say about the Dave Portnoy uh, Washington post call. So first, just set it up. Give everyone who didn't see it like a 35, 40-second setup, and then uh, we want to hear your take on it. Yeah, so I'm not a huge Portnoy fan. I think he's entertaining. I think he obviously built a huge business. I think he's a little bit of a panderer, but whatever. You know, um, He's been a target of a lot of people. Uh, for a sort of brazen, brash, uh, non-PC commentary. Um, I've never think that he did anything that bad. They actually accused him of rape, which is very serious. And it turned out it was a total farce. And, you know, I, he should have sued the shit out of them for defamation. But it's very hard to sue if you're a public figure. You would call him the modern day Howard Stern to an effect at one point. I, I did tell you that I think he's, t- you know, Howard Stern has become a total nutless monkey. Embarrassing. Not now. 80s yeah. and no, 90s. Right. Howard, Howard yeah. Stern has embarrassed himself and he's just like yeah. become a shill for the man. I don't know what happened to Howard Stern. It's sad because he used to be um, a hilarious and very cutting uh, edge. Yeah. You know, fight, and just, fight the and, man. And, yeah. And just very, uh, you know, bold. He used to be a very bold, courageous guy and he just completely capitulated. I think COVID broke his brain. But, um, but Portnoy is kind of like the new Howard Stern in some ways. He's like the bad boy who's kind of brash. And, you know, I think he's a bit of a panderer, but doesn't matter. He's doing his thing, he's built a business. You know, right, so explain he, now oh, what okay, happened. Okay, wait, well, I'm just, I just want to give a background, okay? So they went after Portnoy a while ago, and they accused him of rape. And it was the most ridiculous thing. That when he, he defended himself. It came out. It wasn't even remotely, anything remotely even close. It was just a complete um, pile-on. It was completely ridiculous. So he's been used to this kind of thing. So he's organizing some kind of event. He does these, like, pizza videos that are kind of funny. And he raised some money during uh, the pandemic where biz- people were going out of business, obviously, because of the lockdowns. You said pizza videos that are kind of funny. These pizza videos um, where he, he gives a sampling of the pizza yeah. can take a restaurant up 40% in sales if he says okay, a good thing. Okay, but, yeah. but, so I this mean, is not I just a okay, funny but video. Not, this, right. But he's yeah. also doing it for himself to like... Yeah, he's for thing. content. He's doing right, it for right, content. Right, yeah. For content. And they're kind of funny. I've watched a couple. I think mm-hmm. they're funny. I think they're, you know, they're, they're good. But, you know, whatever. So, and he also raised a lot of money during the pandemic for these businesses that had, you know, been shut down from lockdowns and couldn't sustain. So he did that, right? That's what he's done. And it's PR for him and whatever. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying this is the character that this guy is. He's, he's done some shit. He's been accused of shit. He's kind of brash. He's never done the horrific shit he was accused of, or no one has any evidence of it. If he's done it and we don't know, maybe, but no one had any remotely, you know, thing approaching good evidence, but, uh, you know, sort of the establishment wing, um, the PC wing has kind of been after him for a while now. So he's organizing this event. I don't know exactly what it is because I'm not, you know, again, a huge fan of his. And he's um, got some sponsors for this like pizza event or whatever he's doing. And 
apparently like somebody, some reporter from the Washington Post forwarded, you know, sent an email to a sponsor saying, are you comfortable working with Dave Portnoy? He's a misogynist and a racist or whatever. And the sponsor forwarded it to him. So he had the reporter's info, which was in the email. And so instead of being like, you know, oh, they're canceling me. What do I do? I got to apologize for nothing or whatever. He calls the reporter live, recording the call on video, puts it on Twitter live. And he says, um, hey, this is Dave Portnoy. And she's like, Dave, who? You know, she knows exactly who it is, but she's right. pretending. And he's like, it's Dave Portnoy, the guy you're doing the hit piece on. She's like, what do you mean? We're not doing, we haven't decided anything. And he's like, well, you've been sending nasty emails, like threatening my sponsors. And she's like, we wouldn't do anything like that. And then he reads the email that's calling him racist, misogynist, which... Don't don't get it twisted. In this day and age, calling someone that is assassination attempt. I right. mean, and then, if someone thinks you're a racist, you are done. If yep. someone thinks you're a misogynist, you are done. Those are not lighthearted things like, oh, he's a real jerk, you know, or, you know, he's a real brass, you know, full of shit guy. That's no big deal. Racist, misogynist, those are cancellation words. Those are assassination attempts on your character, your reputation, and your economic security. So she went after him, okay? And, and he said, yeah, you did. And he reads the email. And she's like, oh, that was just a very pointed email to get a response. He's like, well, right. you right. just, well, just yeah. stop yeah. there for a second. Because yeah. what she was saying is that's a technique that reporters use to get a response from people. She was like insinuating like, oh, we really don't believe that. It's just like a it's well, a clickbait response. thing. meanwhile, she probably really meant it. Well, she did it. She sent it and she denied sending anything, you know, impugning his character to his who's sponsors. These are the sponsors, the people, you know, that are. Livelihood. Fund, funding the event. Exactly. And she's sending these nasty emails, you know, insinuating all the stuff about him. Again, if he weren't a public figure, he would sue her for defamation and he would win because she has no evidence. She's just saying stuff based on other innuendo that was proven false in the past. So anyway, point is he totally busts her lying, being a total scumbag and trying to um, take him down in this hit piece. And she just weasels out of it. Oh, no, no, it's just a pointed way. Just like you said, she says, it's just a technique. It's like a sleaziest technique imaginable. And this is like, this is like National Enquirer stuff. This is the Washington Post, one of the most important newspapers. Jeff Bezos owns it in the United States. And these are the tactics they use to smear somebody who's like against the sort of establishment dictum of how you have to talk and how you have to be and all that bullshit. And, and basically, he went on the offense. He recorded her. The only thing he didn't do um, was get her name and say, here's her name. You know, no, he did. The- he got her name. Oh, in the video? I didn't hear. Oh, yeah. Video. No, he says whatever her name is. I'm, oh, yeah, I'll okay, look it okay. up while you're talking. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, and good. he gets the name of the person that's so, doing the piece with her. So this is the this is really the way it goes is they're trying to destroy people. Oh, we're just, you know, we're doing some reporting, blah, blah, blah. But really, they're doing an assassination attempt and trying to destroy your livelihood and alienate you for the people or your sponsors. And these people need to be, you know, called out publicly and exposed for the filthiness that they are doing. And I'm, I'm going to do it to the extent that I can, you know, when I see it. And actually in my podcast, there's a guy I'm calling out big time. I'm not going to do the road wire thing, but on my podcast there is, I'm just done. I, you know, I, I was playing always defense before like, Hey, let's, let's be tolerant. Let's respect civil liberties. Let's not, um, you know, cross line, you know, let's, let's not go after people's lives. I was very on the defense, but now I'm kind of going on the offense because I realized that if you don't, um, attack intolerance. Like the only thing you can't tolerate is intolerance. Like these people are actually trying to shut down what you can say, you know, who you can be basically. Uh, and I just think like he has the absolute right, uh, attack with this, which is go after them, make it embarrassing and, and really shameful. Emily heel. Emily, Emily heel. heel. Well, yeah. aptly named, Isle. aptly right. named. Oh, right. heel. Uh, H E I L. Oh, I thought it was like H E E L. Right. But, right. but, the, but the point is, 
make it make it a shameful show like put into light the shamefulness of what what they're doing they she, she, it's like an embarrassment right like it's embarrassing to go smear somebody in that way to their sponsors and like oh i'm a journalist i'm just doing some reporting i mean that really really um is disgusting and and i think i think it just people need to just you know, not tolerate this. Like the people that like, you're like, oh, he's the bad guy. No, 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 no. You reporter, you person doing, you're the one that if I know you, if I'm, you know, a person you knew casually and you're like, hey, let's go hang out. I'd be like, actually, no, thanks. Sorry, not interested. You're, you're a sleazy person and I'm done. Do not tolerate the intolerant. Do not tolerate dirty tactics. Make this pay, make it a huge cost to do this. They think there's no cost. The cost is right. always on the person targeted. Now, because I'm hiding behind Washington Post journalists. I'm just a journalist. You are sleazy. You're National Enquirer level low and you will be exposed and you will be shamed. And I just think make it, you know, make any self-respecting person be like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that hit piece. No way I'm putting myself in that, you know, in the crosshairs there. Good yeah, job, you, Dave Pornoy. Yeah, you're getting um, a lot of people, you know, I, I guess that are, are hearing you for the first time list. So they don't know that this is the kind of stuff that you talk about on the Chris List podcast. Yeah. So if you... Um, likes topics like this, which I do. I mean, Chris List's podcast is always first in my appointment listening list. It's called The Chris List Podcast. You can get it on Spotify. I don't know why yet you haven't pushed it out to all the different podcast providers, but certainly on Spotify. And, hopefully and on iTunes. Apple, iTunes. On, uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts. Well, thank you too. for saying that, by the way. Of but course. Yeah, on iTunes. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do it. You know, I just like put the, I put the, uh, the feed into these. I paste them in. I claim it. And then Apparently it's on there, but yeah, yeah. let me know. But those are the two one... main. Those are the yeah. two main ones, anyway. Yeah, so it's on those. Yeah. All right, that and I enjoyed that video too. So, all right, everybody, if you enjoy videos like this, Survivor against the spread, and uh, some political commentary, uh, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button, and all of Chris Liss's content can be found on RealManSports.com. Chris List podcast as well, which I listen to. And uh, if you want to get a free two day look at behind Rotowire's paywall, all of our premium content is there. Rotowire.com forward slash try. Uh, I would tell you to follow Chris List on Twitter, but he is now on Noster. He doesn't go on Twitter more than once a week. But Every you can Tuesday. follow We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Very beautiful. Very beautiful. Uh, I'm at Alan Sislowski. And just a reminder, uh, if you have Sirius XM Satellite Radio, I'll be there at 9 a.m. every Sunday getting you ready for game day. List, we miss you on Sirius Radio. I, I do miss uh, not hearing you every day there. Um, but that's fine. I hear you on the podcast. I watch your videos. So, uh, so be it. Uh, anything else before we close out? No, it's good. It's fun. Uh, and, always. Uh, yeah. Always. And we're going San Francisco with our Survivor Pool tonight. I'm not doing that. You're doing that. And I don't know anything about it, but I, I'm not against it. I think it's a good, I, I just think that I don't, I would love it if the giants won, but I just don't know if they have anything enough left in the tank to do that trip without Barkley. So yeah. Probably. All right, everybody like, and subscribe to the channel. If you like videos like this, we'll be back next Thursday. We go live every Thursday at nine 30 AM with another survivor and more podcasts. See you next week.